Welcome to the Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church Modern Worship Service. We are glad you chose to worship with us today. A few things before the service begins. We would love to know who is worshiping with us today, especially if you're a guest. Grab your phone and scan the QR code you see on the screen or in your bulletin to fill out our digital connect card. You can also register your attendance by visiting phumc.com connect. And if you are a guest, our worship staff would love to meet you following the service to get to know you and give you a small gift. Kids are an important part of worshiping together as a family, so we have kids worship packs available just for you. These packs have activities and lessons that are designed to follow along with the scripture and message of today's worship. For those in person, kids worship packs are available from the ushers or at the welcome counter at the rear of the room. For those worshiping with us online, kids worship packs are available at phumc.com kids. To help stay engaged in the daily life of the church, be sure to follow us on social media. Again, we are glad you chose to worship with us today. We hope you enjoy worship. Worship with us today. We hope you enjoy worship. Hey, good morning, church. Let's go ahead and stand together this morning. We're going to teach you a new one. It goes like this. the sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear praise as he hears faith. Sing that again. There is a sound the sound I love to hear. It's the sound of the Savior's robe as he walks into the room where people pray, where we hear worship.
sing it again, awake. Awake my soul and sing, sing his praise aloud, sing his praise aloud. Will you pray with me this morning? Holy God, we pray for an awakening here in this space right now. God, awake our souls, awake our church this morning. You're so worthy of all of our praise. It's in your name we pray, amen. Let's continue to sing today. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. Raise a hallelujah Loud than the earthly I raise a hallelujah My weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah
before you grab a seat, turn to someone around you and welcome them to church this morning. Good morning, good morning. What a joy it is when the people of God gather together in worship. I'm Kathleen McMurray. I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm so thankful to be with you in this time of worship as we sing our praises and as we bring our prayers before God and before each other. Whether you're here in person or worshiping with us online, we're so thankful that you are part of our family of faith this morning with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. We know that as a family of God, that as we come into worship this morning, we bring joys that we sing about, and we bring celebrations and praises before God, but we also know that sometimes our hearts are heavy, and as we come into worship, it can be a struggle uh, to even get out of bed. It can be a struggle to even come into a place where it feels like we may not quite be there <laughs> in body or in spirit. And so we know and we give thanks that God meets us wherever we are in worship, that no matter the struggles are, that are on our hearts, no matter the depths of our hurts or our pains, that God meets us in this place and, and that we are welcome to come just as we are into worship. And as a congregation, as Pulaski Heights, we want to be with you wherever you are. And so we want to be in prayer with you and for you, whatever that looks like. So we invite you, um, we're going to have a time of prayer. And as we enter into a time of silence, you can raise your prayers aloud or quietly. God hears us no matter what. But you can also submit those prayers to the church so that we can be in prayer with you and for you. And if you're in person, uh, there is information about prayer and our caring ministries that are found uh, in the backs of the seats in front of you. Or you can go to phumc.com prayer uh, so that we can be together as a community no matter where we find ourselves in life. So now in this time of worship, let us take a deep breath and enter into a moment of silence and a time of prayer. Sean. For safe travels. Those in Mississippi. God of breath, God of rest and renewal. We come to you on this Labor Day weekend in awe and in gratitude for this time, this time in the midst of chaos and stress and heartache to gather together and to breathe. So that in this collective breath and this collective worship, we can find life anew in you. We know, God, that as we come into this place, as we take our breath, it is a breath that contains hurts and heartaches, fears and failures, anxiety, and anticipation. And so we pray, God, that you will receive us as we are, receive our full selves, and receive our prayers. God, we pray today for those who are grieving, for the family of Dee Evans, and for so many others who have lost loved ones. We pray that you will bring them comfort and strength and surround them with the presence of your love. God, we pray for so many who are sick, including Maggie Schneider, uh, Thomas Haynes, Rebecca Rather, James Meyer, Thurman Couch, Nancy Tolan, and Diane Rogers. God, we pray that you will bring your healing and wholeness upon them. We also pray, God, for those who are suffering from systemic challenges of our world and our society, for those who live in fear of violence across the world in places like Ukraine, but in our own cities here close to home. We pray for those who are suffering the effects of climate change and flooding and water shortages like those in Jackson, Mississippi and around the world, God, that, that you will work with us and guide us and lead us on how we are to make a better world for your people. God, we pray for those 
still suffering from the effects of COVID-19, both the loneliness and isolation that, that those health measures have brought upon us and, and also those who are still suffering the physical effects from this terrible disease. God, we bring those prayers to you. God, there's so much that is wrong with this world, so much that we see that could make us believe that you are not present, but, but God, we know that you ask us to be a part of your presence in this world. And so we give you thanks for the glimpses of you that we see and the opportunities that we have not only to pray for the renewal of your world, but to participate in it. We thank you, God, that we are part of this community of faith where we can find a place. We give you thanks for those who have found their place here with baptism that we celebrated last week, the baptism of Jack Thomas Bizzle. And for new members who have found their homes here, Nicholas Abernathy and the Kilgrove family. God, even as we know that we fall short from being your people, that too often the choices we make are from a place of selfishness rather than service or fear rather than fullness. God, we know that as we gather together, our voices and our prayers and our yearnings of our hearts are multiplied in your presence. And so we ask for your forgiveness today and in prayer and in song, in your word and at your table, we pray that you will renew us, that the choices that we make and the lives that we live can, can reflect your yearnings for your world. We pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, we focus on the things that you are able to gift this church with that allow us to give back. We are able to have really incredible Sunday school classes because of the ways that you give to this church. We're able to keep sustaining uh, ones that we have had for many years. We're able to keep getting curriculum and exploring new topics and we're able to start new groups. We have two new Sunday school classes that are starting in a few weeks and we're so excited that we have these opportunities. We know that every good thing that we have comes from God and sometimes we need a little help to see where God has given more than just what we need. So as our ushers come forward, I invite you to join me in prayer for where we all have a little extra in our lives that we can offer back to God. Would you bow your heads with me? God, we give thanks for every gift that we have in this life. Help us to have open eyes to where you have been putting things in our lives. Help us to be grateful for everything that we have and help us to see where we can give to. God, help us to see that your world is in need, that your church has ways that we can help. God, lead us to be open, to give whatever we can for you. Amen. Praise the Father, praise the 
invite you to remain standing as you are able and to follow along as we read our scripture today. We are going to be reading from the book of Deuteronomy. We don't read from the book of Deuteronomy a lot, but it is there, and so we're going to be seeing what the Spirit has to say to us from this book today. You can follow along with the words on your screens or your own Bibles. If you're at home, you can uh, turn to your Bible as a family as we read and receive these words together. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you are not obedient, and if you are drawn away to bow down to other gods and worship them, I declare to you this day that you will certainly be destroyed. You will not live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. This day I call the heavens and the earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God. Listen to his voice and hold fast to him, for the Lord is your life, and he will give you many years in the land he swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. 
May God add blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of this portion of God's holy word. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. I invite you to be seated. And I invite you to join me in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What will you choose? What will your choice be? What choice will you make? These are questions that we ask ourselves each and every day, whether consciously or unconsciously. It is said that on average, adults make about 35,000 choices a day. It's a lot of choices. Choices about what to buy, choices about what to eat, choices about when to wake up, choices about whether we're going to listen to those around us, choices about which way and which direction we're going to drive on our way to work. But children have choices to make too. Are they going to listen to their parents or their teachers? Who are they going to sit with in the cafeteria? Are they going to be quiet when that invitation is given or are they going to continue to speak? It's amazing how young we are when we recognize and acknowledge the choices that we're making and the fact that some choices are the choices we're supposed to make and others are not. I once worked for a daycare center in which I had the privilege of serving and teaching 12 to 18-month-olds. It was quite a task, and I learned quickly that despite the fact that many of them could not fully form sentences, that they certainly had opinions, and they certainly had wills. There was a particular child who liked to climb up on the child-size table that we had in the room. He would climb up and stand mighty shakily on the chairs that were by the table before standing on the table himself if he did not fall off of the chair beforehand, usually getting some kind of brush burn and becoming very upset that this consequence had happened when he stood on the chair. I would often tell him, bottoms in the seat, feet on the ground. But despite that, he just wanted to stand on that chair, even though time and again he knew what the consequence most likely would be. One time I was standing across the room helping a little girl to wash her hands in the sink, and I look over, and this child looks over at me, makes eye contact, and stands on the chair. He knew what he was doing. He knew that I would tell him, bottom in the seat, feet on the ground, and yet he made that choice anyway, and, surprise, surprise, toppled over off of the chair. From the time we are little, we human beings make choices. And sometimes the consequences of those choices are quite obvious. Sometimes the consequences of those choices are not fun. And yet time and time again, sometimes we humans still struggle with those choices. Today, in today's scripture, we encounter the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy that was, for all intents and purposes for the Hebrew people, Moses's farewell to the people of Israel. He had led the people out of Egypt and wandered with them in the wilderness for 40 years, trying to get them repeatedly to obey the laws of God. But they are people. And like us, they make choices that sometimes go against what they are told, even when they know that the consequences can sometimes be bad. And so Moses, in all of these 
farewell speeches. It's kind of the, the best of Moses' speeches that we encounter in Deuteronomy. Here we find one of those where he is inviting the people to make a choice, a seemingly obvious choice. You choose life and prosperity or death and destruction. What's it going to be? Now, I imagine that none of the ancient Israelites would have said, I'm going to choose death and destruction. That sounds like a good plan. Choose life or choose death. But the challenge for the people of Israel, like the challenge for us, is that to choose life in God means sometimes to go against our human or cultural inclinations. Because we're humans. And we make choices that sometimes we know are going to lead to bad things. But still we are encouraged to choose life. So what does that mean for the people of ancient Israel? What does that mean for us? It's a seemingly easy question, right? Do you want to choose life or do you want to choose death? But to choose life, if we are to follow the scriptures, means that we are following and obeying God's laws, that we are listening to God's voice, and that we are living in God's love. To choose life means that we obey what God wants us to do for the sake of life. Not only our life, but the life of the world which God has given to us. You see, for the Israelites as well as for us, choosing life in God means obeying the laws of God that are meant to form and to shape the life of the community and the life of the world around what God yearns for, for God's creation. So, for the people of Israel, when they were told to choose life and to obey the laws of God, those laws included things like caring for the widows and the orphans, caring for those who struggled to care for themselves. It meant having a spirit of generosity where we don't hoard our possessions, but where we give to those who are in need. It meant welcoming in the strangers in our midst. And immigrants, because God says, you were immigrants in a foreign land and you needed to be welcomed in as well. It meant loving and devoting the entire life of one's being to God. It meant living in such a way that the community was shaped in the way of God's righteousness and justice. Now, there are some laws that the people were called to obey and that were written down in the Torah that is, the books of the law that Moses was encouraging the people to follow, there are some of those laws that are challenging and that don't necessarily make sense to us today or that we don't really follow. Laws against wearing clothes of mixed fabrics. I don't know about you, but I am doing that today. Laws against touching the skin of a pig while we're entering into football season, folks. Laws against eating shellfish and other meats of unclean animals and law upon law, many of which seem foreign to us, many of which we might struggle to understand. And yet, if we are to choose life, we are to obey the laws of God. Which is why also included in this invitation to choose life is the invitation to listen to God. To listen to the voice of God in our midst. Because you see, God was not done speaking when those laws were recorded so many years ago. God was not done speaking 
God was not done speaking even when Jesus Christ came to live among us. We sang the song earlier today about this. The Spirit came and entered in to continually speak more into the lives of people. While we are called to obey the laws of God, we are also called to listen. To listen to what God continues to speak. One of my friends is part of the denomination of the United Church of Christ, which is different than the Church of Christ. Um, but she, she's part of this denomination of the United Church of Christ, whose motto or whose, uh, whose brand, whose, uh, whose mission statement is, God is still speaking. God is still speaking. It is an encouragement for each and every one of us to continually seek a relationship with God, to continue to ask, what does it mean to choose life? To continually, as we make those 35,000 choices every day, listen for where the Spirit might be moving us to choose life for us and for God's world. To listen. For the ancient Jewish people, this idea of listening to that voice of God that was continually speaking was made known in the very scriptures that they held dear. You see, in ancient Israel, there were these laws that were written down. Uh, Laws that had been passed down orally and then were recorded and written down and would be read by the people as they worshiped together in the temple. And over time, they would have margins on the sides of the laws themselves, on the sides of the scriptures themselves as they had been recorded and written down. And in those margins, the religious leaders, the rabbis, the scribes, would make notes and ask questions and debate each other and listen for how those laws might be expanded and understood for the people of that time. This writing in the margins was called the Midrash, and it is known and it is believed to be holy as well. Because listening for the word of God that is still speaking, listening for the word of God that is guiding us in our choices, listening for the word of God and God's spirit to enter in and to bring alive these laws of God for the well-being of the life of the world is part of what They believed God intended. And it is something I believe God intends for us as well. To choose life. Life for us, but also life for the world to flourish. To wrestle with those laws of God. To say, What is it that God intends for us to do? How does God intend for us to love God and to love our neighbor, which Jesus says is the crux of all of the laws? All of the laws, Jesus said, are summed up in the commandment to love God and to love our neighbor. And so if we are to do that and if we are to try and live in a way that love forms and shapes and embodies the life of our community and our world, then we are being invited to examine and ask ourselves what we will choose. How will the choices we make each and every day enable us to choose life for us, and for God's world? Will we listen to one another? Will we listen to God? 
Will we be slow to anger and lash out? Will we seek to try and understand the hurts of our brothers and sisters and to help offer care? Will we be part of God's commandments of caring for those who are impoverished and who are in need? Will we love God? Will we love our neighbor? Will we choose life? Today, in this time of worship, in just a moment, we're going to enter into a time of communion around the table of God. And as we do that, we are invited to share in this means of grace, this physical means by which we receive God's gift of life for us, God's gift of love for us. And at God's table, as we come together, it is a way that we recognize our life, the life of us as individuals, is also the life of the community. It's the life of God's world. And so today, as we come to the table, we are all invited. Invited to receive this gift of life. And invited to choose life. A life abundant that God has offered us so graciously, so lovingly, eternally. Let us pray. <coughs> God, as we come together today, we, we pray that we may know you are our life, as Moses said. You are our life, and you call us to live a life in you. Be with us today, God, as we prepare our hearts and our minds to receive this gift of life that you have been given, so that we may live a life in you. Amen. As we gather around the table, it is indeed a remembrance of the life that God has given. We remember in this moment the life of Jesus, what he taught us, what he preached, taking all of the laws and the prophets and saying it's summed up in one thing, to love God and to love each other. And he lived that out in his life as well. Loving even to the point of death. Loving even when it was hard. Loving even when people were mean and bad. But loving so that we could have new life. When Jesus knew that he was going to be giving his life up, when he knew that death was coming, he sat around a table with his friends, both those who would betray him, those who would deny him, those who would abandon him. But as he sat around the table, he took bread and he gave thanks to God and he broke the bread and he gave it to all of those friends. And he said, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup of ordinary table wine. We're using juice. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the cup of my blood, the blood of a new and an everlasting covenant, a promise that is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins so that you can have new life. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so, let us pray. God, pour out your Holy Spirit on us who are gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. God, I pray that 
These ordinary gifts can be transformed into your extraordinary grace today. That as we receive them, we may be transformed in the power of the life that you give. That we may be united with one another across our differences, across our struggles, across our faith journeys. That we may be united so that we can be your life for the world that we can choose life and emulate your love so that the transformation of this world can be felt on earth like it is in heaven. It is in the name of Jesus Christ, the power of your Holy Spirit that we pray. Amen. As our servers come forward, um, as we prepare to receive this meal, I want you to know that though we have prepared this table, it is not our table, but it is God's table. And so you don't have to be a member of this or of any church, just that you wish to receive the grace of God and to have life anew in Christ this day. If you're worshiping with us at home, you can gather elements and, and receive this means of grace with us as well. You'll be invited as the ushers lead you to come down the center aisle and to go to one of our three stations. You can come to the center station where there will be gluten-free wafers that you can dip into a cup. Um, you can also receive, upon request, prepackaged communion elements, if that is uh, of more comfort to you. And then on the outer two stations, we'll have bread and cup. And if you hold your hands out, we'll put a piece of bread in your hand and you can dip it into the cup and then eat and receive this means of grace. Again, this table is for all. God's grace has been freely given. And so as the ushers lead you, we invite you to come. And so as we come to a close this morning, if you would like to become a part of this church in a formal way, we invite you to do so. In our last song, you're invited to come forward. And if you would like to become a part of this church officially, you can come talk to me and Pastor Kathleen about how to do that. So we invite you to stand as you're able and sing our last song.
search the world But it couldn't fill me Man's empty praise and treasures that fade Are never enough And you came along
Susanna Stubbs, who is uh, officially becoming a member of our congregation. So I'm going to ask her our membership questions, and then Pastor Abby will uh, lead the congregation in affirming their membership vows and welcoming her this day. So Susanna, uh, do you profess your faith in Jesus Christ, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him in union with the church, which he is open to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say, I do. And will you be a faithful member of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say, I will. I will. And now, congregation, if you'll join me in welcoming our wonderful new member. We, we rejoice to recognize you as a member of Christ's Holy Church, Church and we welcome you to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. With you, we renew our vows to uphold it with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Friends, it is, again, such a joy to welcome our new member, Susanna, and it is a joy to be with you in worship this day. A few announcements as we go. This Wednesday, here in this space in Wesley Hall at 6 o'clock p.m., we're going to have a night of worship um, to kick off our fall Wednesday nights at Pulaski Heights. Dr. Robbins will be preaching. Our band will be leading us, and so in invite you to come and to participate in that. And then the next Wednesday evening, we'll start Wednesday nights at Pulaski Heights. You can find information to sign up for that on the back of your bulletins or on phumc.com slash Wednesdays. And then next Sunday, next Sunday, next Sunday, this service here in Wesley Hall will be both at 9 o'clock and at 11 o'clock. And so you can choose whether, you, can, you have a choice, you can choose whether to come early or to come at our to the time that we have been holding it, um, but we look forward to seeing you there at either time. Our online service will be streamed as it has been at 11 o'clock. So I look forward to seeing you then. And now receive this benediction. Go forth in the never-ending grace of our Lord Jesus Christ to serve God and your neighbor in all that you do, so that those who do not know the love of God or any love can find in you and in God a generous and precious friend. Go in peace, have a great week, and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church.